0: Hello and welcome to Take 411. So today we have a couple of really great information to talk about, and I wanted to kind of introduce everyone that's gonna be on on this conversation. Vanessa and Tawanda and Alexis, uh, do you guys wanna kind of say hello to everyone really
1: quickly? Hello, hello, this is Swanda. I'm super excited about the show today. Hi, this is Alexis.
0: Cool, okay, so I'm really excited uh, in today's conversation because it does um, revolve around prisoners and how um, COVID and the pandemic and how they're, Their rights during these times have been either challenged or are being challenged and how citizens like us can really inform ourselves and adjust to all of the propositions and all of the voting and and kind of make their life either more humane or just easier, you know. Sometimes people may think, okay, well, why should we make their life easier if it doesn't kind of pertain to me, um, but if we really look at the percentage of, of people incarcerated or that have been incarcerated, it, anyone can be affected by it, whether it's by these private institutions getting wealthy off of the prison system, or it's simply by having some people in their family or in their extended friend group be affected by, um, prisoners or prison reform or the injustices of the criminal system. I know we touched base on this a while ago, but I, I do want to kind of see um, or remind everyone how, uh, how everyone, how everyone in the call has been affected by prison or if you guys have had anyone in um, jail or if you yourself have been affected by any of these situations. So Wanda, do you want to um
1: contribute to about what about which situation are you referring to specifically
0: if you've been affected by anyone um, either getting either being in jail or if you yourself have been affected by any type of policy regarding ex-convicts or current prisoners if you have a
1: extended family member in jail hello well, actually i have a i have a lot of people that i um that I, I work with that's incarcerated and a lot of people that have become like family. Hello? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Every single day, um, there is some type of effect that yeah, i mean being affected by a prison because a lot of times really, like I know you and I have had so many talks about this before, Vanessa, sometimes people just have no idea, you know, what people in prison really go through, you know, from the good and from the bad. And I know a lot of times people feel like, hey, well, somebody's incarcerated, they did it wrong, so it doesn't really matter, but they're still human. So, yeah, I've definitely been affected by it with loved ones as well as with people that are an extension of family that I've been building with over the last few years that I've been working with prisoners. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it definitely affects everyone. Alexis, I know you mentioned that um, you personally did it. Have anyone um connected to the jail system, but if you still mentioned that um some notes on it. Do you want to contribute anything to that?
1: Um, we have a new caller on the line just so you know, but
0: my comment is oh. I don't even remember what my comment was, but no, uh-huh, okay. I don't pers- I am not personally affected by Hi. I've never been arrested, and/or have a family member um, in prison. Okay, so you said we have a new caller on the line. Um, who, who are we speaking to? Rasan. Rasan.
2: Rasan. Yes. How are you doing today, Alexis?
0: Oh, this is Vanessa.
2: Okay. Well, I never met you, Vanessa. I was only dealing with Tawanda and Alexis.
0: Yeah, well, nice to well meet hi, Rasan. You... Um, Vanessa hi. is the host of the show
2: today. How are you, Vanessa?
0: I'm well. It's nice to meet you. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm sure that you've said it before, but I'm kind of new, and then I can probably give you a little intro of myself, too. So,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. So, my Go name for. is Rasan, and I've been out for three years after spending 29 years of incarceration in the California penal okay. system. Okay. And so, you know, like I told like Tawanda um, to and Alexis um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I mm-hmm. had to do certain things as a child in order to take care of family because of the scourge of drugs that right. were not in our community. And so, you know, certain decisions led to certain things in my life that led me to be struck out up under the California Three Strikes Law. And so having that right. considerable time to reflect, grow up, mature, and you know, when you run out of money, you're trying to pull at everything in order to get free. So, I started mm-hmm. studying the law, you know, what I'm saying being denied several times, learning curves at each denial, and I finally was able to, you mm. know, what I'm saying present a proper habeas corpus and um, get my case to overturn. Wow,
0: that's and so, so great. At this
2: point now, I'm a, excuse me,
0: go ahead, continue.
2: Oh, and I was saying, and I'm, um, I'm formally. Pre- excuse me, presently a um law student at Merritt College. So
1: at Merritt College.
2: Yes ma'am. And so it could be like I mean, for most people it can break you or it can build you up. I mean because like I say so many black men, so many men in um America's incarcerated. We hold the largest incarceration, um, you know what I'm saying rate right across the globe. We incarcerate right. two point six million of us Americans. Yeah. On a consistent uh-huh. basis. I didn't even count people that's on parole, federal parole and um XYZ. huh. So it becomes big business and having a time to sit down and understand all the mechanisms that work, not just prison, but just what leads to prison. Why is the demographic so you know obscure, sixty eight percent, ninety percent when we only make up thirteen percent of the um United States population, as black people in this country. And then the Latinos, yeah. they get into the they get into the high sixties, the high eighties, as their incarceration rates increase. And then as, it seemed like as the color gets thinner, the incarceration rate for those um, thinner groups become less and less and less. Because we know our Caucasian mm-hmm. counterparts, they don't they don't incarcerate what fifteen, maybe twenty five percent, Asians maybe mm-hmm. thirty percent, and and it just mm-hmm. keeps going and going and going. Yeah. So that's run, a little run, bit run, about me. Run.
1: Okay. okay, and and Rasan, this is Tawanda, and today what we're talking about, Vanessa is the host today, and she's talking about the impact of prison in America, and she has a lot of great information. And as you have a lot to share as well, we definitely look forward to getting some of those really good topics to bring to the show so we can just continue to share information with the masses. All right, but go ahead, Vanessa, I'll turn it back over to you.
0: Yeah, um, so you pointed out a couple of um, numbers and some things. That uh, I know I privately spoke to with Tawanda, and some of those numbers were you know how you were talking about we or the prison population makes up like a large amount of population in this nation. We are the nation that imprisons the most people, and I do want to make everyone aware that's listening how um, how it affects them and how this like just so they can get a visual if they oh, were right. to like gather every prisoner in one area it would make up the fourth largest city in the nation so you know whenever you think of like new york houston the fourth largest city would be every single prisoner in the nation together in one area so um there's there's so much that impacts us that we don't know kind of how you were talking about the well that um private these private prisons or just public prisons bring into certain people's pockets I really want to talk about that, but I don't want to discourage anyone. you know they might be hearing this and being like, dang well, that's a yeah, that's a lot of brown and black prisoners um what what can I do? you know so i I really uh want to touch base with you on how you said you're now studying law, and I want to talk about specifically here in California some of the propositions that we this, like the layman citizen can vote on, and these aren't things that like huge government is going to, you know, have their way with. These are things that we can vote on and that we can change. So I'm not sure if you're aware with um, the propositions for this state, but I highlighted a couple that I think are, you know, that affect prisoners uh, directly. And one of them is Proposition 17, which restores the right to vote after a completion of prison term. And the other one is Proposition 20, which restricts parole for nonviolent offenders. So I just wanted to see if, um, you know, since you're going to college and you're uh, kind of, you know, focusing on law, if you guys talk about any of these state propositions or just like in your country. Well, those are the first, it's the first
2: time I'm, I heard of those propositions.
0: Okay, okay. I mean, well, but
2: we should be allowed because right now, uh, um, so so I was asked a couple of days ago could I vote and who would I vote for if I had my right. voting rights restored? So I'm, I am yes. off um, successfully off parole and everything, and I think I can vote. I don't know right now; I have to register. Okay. But yes. I mean that's very important because again, we're I mean, with the votes come money, with census counts come money. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If we want to mm-hmm. change things, and if we really want to get to the heart of the problem, I mean sometimes we got to turn off our TVs, unplug our little radios, mm-hmm. and everything, and change and change the mantra that we got continuously going droning on in our head. So one proposition. Mm-hmm. It establishes voting rights. The other proposition was 20, and it did. What you said?
0: The other proposition, it restricts parole for nonviolent offenders. So, you know, like maybe if someone steals, like, property theft from 250 to 950, uh, they would restrict that person from being, you know, on parole. Placed on parole. Yeah, for nonviolent
2: offenders.
0: Okay, so here in California, what they're doing with. Go ahead.
2: My bad. No, you're fine. Okay, so I was like saying here in California, they have a thing where they're trying to consolidate the parole in prison at a certain level before they are before they reincarcerate into the state-level prisons. So they want to do everything at the local level, whereas I'm not even coming in contact with a parole officer, let alone a probation officer. And so if a it's a, tier, a tiered system. So, like you said, nonviolent offenses, nah, we're just going to put you on paper, just make sure you abide by the laws of the land, keep going. You get a little violent, mm-hmm. you're going to have somebody to talk to, may have to, you know what I'm saying, urinate in the cup, you know, all this whole type of stuff. May have an ankle monitor on for whatever reason. And so mm-hmm. this tiered system, you get so many chances at this tiered system before they say, okay, we're going to revoke your um, parole and send you back to incarceration. Because now with COVID oh, yeah. and all the, in California, in California, we have the largest, you know what I'm saying, incarceration rate across the United States. We imprisoned really? more in California throughout the rest of the um, 50 um, states. And so understanding that, and they trying to reduce, because when I was incarcerated, we hunger strike, people died because of the um, uh, cruel and unusual um, punishment we was getting throughout the California system. And so mm-hmm. we were able to open up Pelican Bay Shoe, because you're there for a determined term. Parole, debrief, or die is the only way you get out of Pelican Bay Shoe, or any shoe in California. And so uh-huh. that was harsh. That was cool. You have dudes that has been in there since it opened. So that's 30, 40 plus years. Never to see the daylight mm-hmm. again. But we stood fast because, again, there was a lot of things going on. Proposition 47, 36, Propos- uh-huh. you know, all the youth bills, SB 101, SB 246, everything that dealt with long sentences for juveniles. And, you know what I'm saying? Just long, because I had a 59 year to life sentence under the three strikes law for something very minor.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: right and so imagine just never ever getting out or having an ability to get out because number one we don't read we don't understand the law I did it because I knew right. how to read and I wanted to go home badly but some of us uh-huh. we get so caught up in our lifestyles you know what I'm saying we basketball uh-huh. players drug dealers strippers prostitutes uh-huh. that's what we that's what we fixate on and so no wonder uh-huh. our society looks like it looks
0: Thank you for all that information, and I do want to talk about joining the fight along with all of our brothers and sisters in prison. Just how you were talking about the hunger strike and opening Pelican Bay. Shoe, uh, we can also on the outside contribute to to this fight. But we do have to take a quick break, so kind of gather your thoughts, and after this break, we'll continue the conversation.
2: Thank you.
1: Today is October 14, 2020, and this is your trending news. Federal stimulus checks must go to prison inmates, U.S. judge, and California rules. The article says, for months, incarcerated people across the country have received conflicting and confusing information about whether they can legally collect federal coronavirus stimulus checks while the Internal Revenue Service flip-flop on the question. A federal judge recently made clear that those behind bars do qualify for the $1,200 checks approved by Congress earlier this year as part of the largest economic aid in U.S. history. U.S. District Judge Phyllis Hamilton ruled the decision to include them was arbitrary and. Ruling in favor to Californians who brought this class action on behalf of incarcerated or formerly incarcerated people. To find out more about this, please log on to our website. Back to the show.
0: All right. Here we are back with uh, myself, Vanessa. We also got Rasan and we got Tawanda. So um, just, you know, you have a lot of experience uh, fighting the the penal system and I know Tawanda, you work hand-in-hand with a lot of people who are affected um, by either the prison system or, you know, uh, in their family or in in their friend group. Um, Coming from somebody with an outside view that maybe isn't so – Involved in these politics and in this information, I I do want to highlight how citizens can get involved. So, Tawanda, do you get any questions from uh, maybe distant family members or from friends that are hearing about what you're doing with uh, getting access to prisoners, either, you know, just giving them access to information or? trying to fight for their rights do you hear any questions that keep popping up or do you think that everything that we've discussed like the the regular consumer can understand
1: oh my gosh (laughs) no there's questions all the time because there's so many levels to it and 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 i'm speaking on the outside looking in however working and being involved with prisoners for over two decades you know a lot of times when someone goes to prison the first thing is the family goes to prison too Especially families that are involved, and a lot of times people have no idea, you know, how they can help their loved one that's incarcerated. Like Rasan was saying, hey, you know, when I was in there, I had to read and learn because I I wanted to get out. Some people have lost hope. So it's so many it's wow. so many facets to it. So that's why I know it's so important that we're able to share information, you know, whether someone has one or two years in prison, whether they have 10 years or even a life sentence, you know, sometimes families just don't know, you know, sometimes you can have a situation to where I've had family members that haven't been to see loved ones since they've been in prison five, six, seven, eight years Mm -hmm. due to finances or due to the person being too far. So when there's different laws passed and different things that could benefit someone in prison, a lot of times prisons won't know unless there's other entities that can share with them the information because families just don't know sometimes. and. And unfortunately, a lot of families don't really work together with other families that have loved ones. Like on Facebook, there's thousands of groups like prisoners, prisoner family, moms of prisoners, and and things like that. We have to do better about really building instead of just giving a whole Mm -hmm. lot of information. A lot of times people aren't still getting understanding, so they have no idea. Like I had someone say to me a couple of days ago, hey, why don't you blog about this federal It's Like people don't know. And I'm like – Okay, families, they're like, no, people aren't going to know if you are you're going to tell them. (laughs) So we all have to be a part of telling and sharing information and working together to make sure the communication gets out because we're stronger together. And that's the only way we're going to truly be able to make a change is to share information and to put a plan in place to really help people get this. Like, for example, with the trending news that I talked about with the the federal stimulus checks, hey, if someone even in prison can get this $1,200, guess what? Someone needs to apply for it for them. So now you got families wow. at home saying, okay, well, how can I apply for it? And some people don't even have computers. Okay, well, get on your cell phone, here's the website. You know, you can't do it for everybody, but you can direct with someone and show them, hey, go onto the site, put this information in. You got people in prison that don't even remember their social security number because they've been locked up so long. So we just got to find ways to be able to help people every way that we can. And it's not easy, but it can be done if we can be consistent and we can truly work together.
0: Okay, so working together. Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of information out there. Um, where did you get your information I know you said you had kind of like a desire to read or you were a good reader and you had like a desire to learn but I only go so far like you must have gotten information from different places like everywhere where else (laughs) so I so the last lawyer on the case
2: I'm sorry the last lawyer on the case um he you know he prepped the case so well and had everything so regimented and documented, it was just like basically just following the blueprint. And so I started reaching out mm-hmm. to law, uh, um, university law um, offices and anybody that would university. do pro bono work, you know what I'm saying? Every anybody. Okay. I mean, in prison, we'd be at odds with each other as far as the racial grouping. And so... But if the white guy got the most knowledge of law in the yard, I got to go across the yard and talk to him. I, God, you know what I'm saying, forgive me if I'm stepping over any boundaries or whatever war that's going on, but I'm trying to get home. Can I talk to you for a minute, sir? And, uh, I mean, you just have to be serious about who you are. Because despite what most people think throughout the world when they see prisons on TV or when they hear about prisons, it's violent and it's, and it's gritty. But if you're a man and you can communicate with yourself, you can communicate with anybody, I believe. So it's just like I said, it was just an intense desire just to free the vessel. So I had to talk to other people, strange people, all types of people.
0: Okay, okay. You did mention that sometimes whenever you would approach um, people, that you would say like, "Oh, my apologies," or kind of be courteous. And I think that's something that you know our pride doesn't kind of get. Our pride kind of gets in the way. So I guess whenever reaching out to, you know, politicians, if you're, like, on the outside or if you're a family member, uh, a lot of these politicians and a lot of these volunteers that are, you know, volunteering for whomever's campaign, they don't have time, but they have things prepped already that they can send you. And a little bit of, you know, just kind of courtesy or just keep pushing goes a long way. So I I do want to point out that you said you would reach out to, people doing, like, non-profits, pro bono work, and law universities. There's a lot of universities and clubs in, in colleges and university. You going to um, Lake Merritt College, I'm sure you're, you're aware of all the clubs that offer free aid yes, and want to help out. Yeah, yeah. So I know um, I'm actually going to San Francisco College, and they have a lot of really good resources, too, but – colleges and communities and nonprofits is definitely something that if someone just does a web search so if you're on here listening and you're like okay but where do I start just do a random web search and make sure that you're not getting charged for anything nobody needs to pay for this information this information is free that CARES Act the Corona AIDS Relief and Economic Securities Act all of that stuff no one should be charging you for information on oh can my husband who was convicted cash is checked know, all that information is free. Seek out help. And if you're not sure where to look look it up, just do a quick quick, quick web search. Look for a nonprofit. Look for a college. Type in your keywords, you know, um, CARES Act, Prisoners, Stimulus checks, And also for these propositions that we've been talking about, specifically here in California, if you signed up to vote uh, online or if you're just like a registered voter for the past Year or years, uh, a lot of your parties, they will send you voting information. And if for some reason you haven't received that voting information, you can still do a quick web search and just look for a voter guide, a voter guide, V-O-T-E-R guide, G-U-I-D-E, and everyone has a voter guide. And they talk about all of the propositions. So if you're, for example, um, wanting to vote Democrat. The voter guide for Democrats uh will give you all the propositions and their opinion on how they think you should vote. If you're, you know, voting for um or if your party is Republican or if your party is green, these are all like really good free resources. You don't have to crack your brain or pay someone um, you know, loads of money to give you all this information. So I just really wanted to put that out there. That I mean the things that everybody's touched base on, like You know, Rafan, you have to, like you were saying, you have to go out there and just really arm yourself up through education. You have to read. It's it's difficult. You have to ask dumb questions, but they're not really dumb. They're just dumb because people like us were taught not to ask questions. Just do. Just shut up and do. Like that's, you know, an inconvenience. And also I want to point out what Tawanda was saying is we are stronger together. So we're stronger together. Maybe we ask our neighbor. Maybe we ask our friend. We feel a little bit more comfortable asking them. They don't know. Well, now there's two of you that are curious and need more information. And there's, you know, what better way to ask something and then to have a collaborative so type of curiosity and go up to people and be like, okay, well, do you know what's going on with this? No. Oh, well, my son knows about computers. Let me ask. Or, you know, okay, there's going to be a virtual city gathering. I know here in Oakland, I, I don't know if you've um, done those uh, virtual meetings that the mayor has and the local congressmen have, but you don't even have to get out of your bed. They do them online. They do them through Zoom. They do them over the phone. And they might be lengthy. and, and Some of the words might not make sense, but take your little notes, and then, you know, like just get on those Facebook groups, text one another, um, post up here on, on the website and the research that we have. Uh, to kind of educate yourself. You might not learn it right away today, but it'll come in a week, in a month, in a year. And if it takes a couple of years for all this knowledge to come in, then that's a couple of years that we're not wasted as opposed to just kind of sitting with your thoughts and being like, well, I don't know how to – I don't have the vocabulary to really find out what this means or I don't have the knowledge or these things don't apply to me. I can't make a change. We can, there's a lot of us who can definitely make a change and we just have to kind of plant that seed of desire and join, join together. And is there any, it's kind of a time for us to, Cut this meeting short, so I just kind of want to go around and see if anybody has any last minute notes that I missed. Uh, definitely sharing positivity and you know wishing everybody a great week. But, um, Tawanda, do you want to uh give us some information or do you want to just kind of give us uh your opinion on how everything went today, what you learned?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of information, and you and I were actually talking about this the other day in the pre-meeting in reference to prison and opportunities and benefits. And, you know, the most important thing, you know, today, we can all hear information all the time. However, we don't take take it in and then take action. It just continues wow. to fall on deaf ears. You were saying, you know, a lot of times people, you know, you don't have to pay for information because it's out there so many places. But honestly, Vanessa, unfortunately, sometimes you know, people do sell a lot of this stuff because guess what? Most people are too uh-huh. lazy to go and get it. Most people won't uh-huh. do the research. They they want someone else to do it. And um, but if we can find ways, hey, if I can do a little bit, you can do a little bit, um, or Son can do a little bit. If we can do a little bit and all meet up and share, then that's going to uh-huh. be a win win situation. We just have to do better because again, like I said, if you talked about over 2.4 million people in prison across the United States, and if, if that's a whole community all in itself and there's not a lot of opportunity for that person that's in prison and definitely not a lot of opportunity to help correct the mentality, and mindset, no resources. And then you also mentioned about um, opportunities in California, like, hey, someone that's been to prison can come here and even become a firefighter. We have to have more opportunities. Yeah. We have to have more businesses. We have to have more better-paying jobs because guess what? Someone from prison cannot come home and survive all of $5 an hour at McDonald's. I don't know what what McDonald's pay, but but you know nobody right. can live off of that. We just have to no do no better. So I'm looking forward to us having. I'm looking forward to us having more discussions like this, pull, pulling our minds together, like with the three of us talking about it. Where Rasan saying, "Hey, I've been in prison over two decades, twenty nine years, and I had to do whatever to come back home. And now he, you're home, and you're an example. You're in school." That's amazing. That's an, that's amazing because we know the recidivism rate is well over 60% of people that come home, go right back, and guess what? There's no opportunity. So we just have to do better because the impact affects us all. And the last thing I want to say before I pass over to Rahsaan for his final comments is, unfortunately, there are some people that still think that, hey, My loved ones aren't in prison. I'm not a prisoner. I'm Mm -hmm. a professional. It doesn't affect me. Then you're ignorant if you think that. It affects everyone one way or another. I mean, I can go down the list and tell you how this affects everyone. So if it's going to affect us, let's all not be apathetic and see what we can do to help. And help is not always money. Sometimes help is given an opportunity. It's opening a door, pointing someone in the right direction. A little Mm -hmm. bit of help can go a long way if we really understand what it means to truly work together. And I'll turn the show over to you um, for your closing comments. Um, So Zakat, charity,
2: help. And so Zakat is an Arabic word for charity or help. And a lot of people think when we say charity it means monetary, it means material, though it does. But sometimes Uh if you could just give a sound word or if you can just be in the presence of somebody and allow them to be and allow yourself to be a um, sounding board, you ain't got to say yes, no, or nothing. Just let me talk. You know what I'm saying? Uh And so understanding that, it's just like we have to constantly change the narrative. We got to constantly change the direction of what we say and how we say it because of the tremendous power of words. Had I done went in there and said, oh, man, they gave me a life sentence. it's over. You know what I'm saying? That whole mentality of being over would have just set in so much to the point is I take a deep breath and, you know, oh, well, this is it. Let me continue on doing this 10 years, 5 years, 20 years. When do we ever wake mm-hmm. up as individual men and women and recalibrate ourselves and take some of the ABCs and 1, two threes that led us to this point and start over a little bit? And once we do that, like I said, it will change because, again, each one teach one. And so if I step out and say, well, okay, I accomplished this. Okay, so now the young brother, you ain't even got to go back, brother. This is what I did. I did this. But they ain't trying to hear that because they think they can do it so much better. So if we constantly show them so much better before they even attempt to, I have to go to the streets for this. I'm, I'm, I'm in a position right now where I'm about to have a child. So I want my whole narrative for this child to be different for me and the mother. Okay, you grew up like this, I grew up like this, our family's like this. Let's create something different. So our branch on our family tree is going to be something totally different. You know what I'm saying? Because I have been to prison. She has grew up in certain parts of our town that's not so gender You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so now once we change that narrative, mother and father, then the kids, and then their friends come over, they'll see this, and then their parents come over because you've got to come over to my house and sit down. I'm not letting my child go over there if you don't. So once you come over, and it's just, like I said, it's just that we have to start influencing a different dialogue with our peers. If not, we're just gonna be basketball shows, flipping over tables, housewives, this, and incarceration, this, and you feel me?
0: Oh, I I definitely do agree with you. And actually, on on that point, I do wanna um, eventually next time we get together talk about entrepreneurship and also how to want to point it out that yes, here in California. Governor Gavin Newsom just signed a bill, um, number AB 2147. He signed it into law, and it expunges the records of all inmate firefighters, You know, all the firefighters that fought, um, that we were sent to Oregon or Washington or here in California, and they allowed them to become official firefighters once they were released. So, yeah, wow. going to pay you all of that money that's going to be able to catch you up. And next time you come here and you listen to us, we're going to be talking about those better careers. You don't want a job. You want a career. And there's also so many opportunities for entrepreneurship. The social media is really taking off. We also have a lot of universities um, building curriculums on cannabis. Cannabis things that a lot of our our citizens were incarcerated for that should be freed for now. So we really want to focus on that next time we have a conversation. And if you guys, um, I just want to thank everyone for joining in. Thank you, all of the contributors, for your final comments. I really appreciate everyone. Thank you for um, really helping me in pushing this first show uh, or this first time I led the show. I really appreciate everyone's patience and kindness with me. And I hope that all of the listeners come back and visit us next time for these great conversations. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Take
1: Four One One. To stay connected with us, please subscribe in the link below to our website, add your email address, and get all types of updates and information about what happens in the world every single day. Until the next time, remember, together we can.